into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there. And if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I didn't even realize my hair was a hot mess express. <laughs> over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Billy DP, Franken, Andrioli, Carrie, Tom Bishop over in the big boot of Europe, Stuart mentioned, Jesse Johnson, Justin Rohr, left coast, east coast, international, US based, those coming in from Vegas, LinkedIn, YouTube, Simply Cyber Community members, first-timers and long-timers, we're all going to be going through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize it in your current job, or if you're looking to break in the industry, you are definitely in the right place. We're going to be covering concepts, terminology, there's going to be great networking among the community, and believe me, you will be asked in every single cybersecurity related job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? Believe that. This right here, this is a fantastic answer. I would argue with anyone uh, that that's true. So sit here, enjoy, relax. We're gonna go uh, through all the top stories. It's gonna be a great show. Plus it's Monday, which is Callan, my son's, my youngest son's uh, art of the week. Uh, so every single day has a little special segment and Mondays is reserved for art. And you're not going to want to miss today. If you're a Minecraft fan, Callan's got you covered. I want to say what's up to everybody in chat right now. 145 of you coming in strong right off the rip. want to say a little shout out to Red Team Village where I'll be hanging out at DEF CON uh, later this week. Can't wait. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I want to say shout out to Team Live. Remember, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast is worth one half a CPE. Now, you might not get out of bed for less than one CPE, but listen to me. The show is every single day. It stacks. It's two and a half a week, 10 a month, 40 a quarter. There are plenty of CPEs for everyone to have. It's like when you're at a buffet and like they just keep bringing out more crab legs and you're like, where do they all come from? It's like, don't worry. The CPEs are just coming from the back. We're going to keep filling that pot up. You just scoop up as much as you want. All right. Now, in order to get those CPEs, you could say you're here, but if you would like some auditable, forensically sound evidence, say what's up in chat, take a screen cap, right? Day, time, stamp, everything's here. If you're not sure what to say, say hashtag team live, just like Abimbola did on LinkedIn just a hot second ago and Will Lopez did in YouTube. Guys, easiest way to get a CPEs in the industry, as far as I know, okay? And I've been around a long time. Got a lot of gray in the old beard if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Want to say what's up to hashtag team replay. If you're watching this in the future, those CPEs count for you too. So don't sweat that hashtag team replay in chat. What's up coffee cup cheers. And I see you James so quick and getting up at the 5 a.m. Spot crack of dawn. James watch the sun come up with us guys. We got uh, Eric Taylor doing the stream for me tomorrow. Uh, but I will be back in the a-hole chair here on Wednesday through Friday, giving it to you hot 5 a.m. from Las Vegas, just so I feel uh, the, the, the struggle that is getting up at 5 a.m. for the show. If you are, um, you know, shy, quiet, you know, un un uncomfortable speaking, uh, do a 
do me a favor, hashtag passive observer in chat. I know it's awkward your first time, but believe me, networking is incredibly valuable. And once you start chatting a little bit, it's gonna just get easier and easier. You're gonna start talking to people. You're gonna have a good experience. You're going to get more value from the show than just listening to the stories, okay? The value stacks incredibly. Also, my my final one before we get into it. I love, I love, I love hashtag first timer. If this is your first time on the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast, if someone told you about it or if you just stumbled in here, either way, you're you're absolutely welcome here. Thank you for checking the show out. Let us know it's your first time with a hashtag first timer in the chat. What's up, Monica AR? I see you hashtag passive observer. Good to have you with us today. All right, guys, before we get into the news, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors who do make it possible for me to bring this show every single day to you guys. Starting with my good friend, Eric Taylor at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? Barricade Cyber Solutions, my man, Eric Taylor and his team, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Seeing a lot of first-timers in chat. What's up, DeAndre C over on LinkedIn? What's up, Research4D? What's up, Emmanuel? Team Live. What's up, Chioma? Guys, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm not sure how you found us, but I'm certainly happy you did, Daryl Clark. All right. Check out uh, Barricade Cyber. Links in the description below. Also want to say much love to Panopsi Security, guys. Panopsi is run by Brandon Poole. Wonderful company. Listen, if you're looking for a partner who understands your cyber program and your goals, just like the little tagline says here, consider Panopsi. Now, how do you put this into context? Guys, if you need information security support at your company, or if you're in charge of information security, but you're really uncomfortable and not sure where you're going, yes, you can You can keep the, the plates spinning day to day, but where are you going? What is your strategy? What's your long-term play? What are you asking for for budgeting 24? If you really don't know the answer to those questions or what your actual cyber risk exposure is, then... Oh boy, Eric Taylor dropping bombs. One second. If you don't know your cyber risk exposure is, consider getting a quantified risk assessment from Panopsi Security. Brandon does a fantastic job. Links in the description below to get your uh, program off and running. Now, Eric Taylor from Barricade Cybers just dropped a, a hundred Simply Cyber com- Squad community member. Um, just hold on. The, Eric does this from time to time and it just totally uh, buffer overflows my brain. Okay, so what just happened? If you're new here, if you are on YouTube, Barricade Cyber Solutions has just sponsored 100 squad memberships. What does that mean? Do you see how some people's names are colored with little tags? You see all the fun little uh, emotes going on and some other things that are on the Discord server? That's what being a squad member is. It supports the show and um, it's time to I, oh my god, you destroyed me, Eric Taylor. So you see Sweet Delights, uh, Stacy just picked up a squad membership. Enjoy that. Miss Mary, Jason Crosby. Guys, some of the best things you can do is, um, some of the best things you can do, go into the little emote tray and use the new emotes. And there's the Oprah. You get a squad membership. You get a squad membership. You get a squad membership. Thanks so much, Eric Taylor and Panopsi for the gifted subs. So cool. So fun. All right, I also want to say shout out and thanks to Anti-Siphon Training, but we'll talk about more about them at the mid-roll. So guys, enjoy your enjoy your uh, squad memberships, but do me a favor, sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I'll see you at the mid-roll. So serious, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Monday, August 7th, 2023. Microsoft resolves vulnerability following criticism from Tenable CEO. Microsoft has resolved a vulnerability that allows threat actors to gain access to information managed by Azure AD. Concerns about the issue burst into public view this week when Amit Yoran, the CEO of cybersecurity firm Tenable, published a scathing LinkedIn post bashing the tech giant for its handling of the vulnerability. A researcher at Tenable discovered an issue on March 30th, and Microsoft apparently waited months to get back to Tenable before claiming the issue was fixed on July 6th. Tenable checked the fix and discovered that it was incomplete and was still exploitable. The full account of this exchange, plus a link to Amit Yoran's LinkedIn post, are available in the show notes to this episode. Wow. 
Okay, um, so this <clears throat> this is really interesting. You do not see this happening very often in industry. Okay, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna drop a link to this chat uh, or, or to this article in uh, chat now. Here's what happened on the surface, okay? And then I'll, I'll give you some context on why this is kind of bigger than at a macro level, okay? So, like, I guess in March, Tenable, which Tenable is really, really well known. Thanks, Cyber Munchkin, for the squad membership. One full year. Enjoy that blue badge. Love it, love it, love it. Hey, Charles Dunn, thanks for the squad membership. And to all the new squad members, thank you, thank you so much. Welcome to the squad. You are more than welcome here all the time. Uh, and enjoy those new emotes. Okay, so here's the deal. If you don't know, Tenable is one of, like, you may have heard of Nessus. Nessus and Tenable, I always get it confused, but basically Tenable is the company. Nessus is their product. It's a vulnerability scanner. I always talk about, like, the three big vulnerability scanners. There's Nessus, Rapid7, and, uh, well, actually, there's there's Nessus, Qualys, and, um, yeah, Rapid7. Those are kind of the three big ones. There's other people who play in the space. Joe Strasburger, love it, love it. So, but those are the three big ones. So Tenable, AKA Nessus, um, the, they discovered, they must have a security research team arm or something, which is not uncommon for security vendors because if they have a security re research team, they're constantly able to push out like really interesting newsworthy uh, blog posts and do security research for the community, uh, which makes them, you know, righteous. So Tenable must have released some security research about uh, really, really crappy, um, permissions, I think, um, at on Azure that would limit on li it allows limited unauthorized access to cross-tenant applications and sensitive data. So, what does this mean? Cross-tenant, cross-tenant is cross-tenant is the real problem here. Okay, so a tenant is in Azure. You know, Simply Cyber has a tenant. That's where like my VMs are and my user accounts and my data. And then Jesse Johnson slain security plus he's got a tenant and his systems are there. And Kimberly McKnight's, um, Miami, you know, uh, sun, sun tanning booths are in its own tenant. Right. And then bank of America has their own tenant and, you know, Wells Fargo has their own tenant. You get the idea. They're supposed to be compartmentalized, right? They're supposed to not allow cross tenant access and Tenable discovered an, a, an issue that allows cross-tenant access, which is incredibly, incredibly um, concerning, okay? Especially when you get into like GovCloud and, you know, companies that are depending on, you know, confidentiality and sensitivity to their intellectual property, to their market research. Think of Big Pharma and their medicines, right? So it's not just like lift and shift of infrastructure in the cloud. The benefit of the cloud is that you can use compute engines to do really complicated things really quickly, spin them up, spin them down. That was the dream of cloud. Okay, so Tenable finds this thing, they tell Microsoft, and now here comes the problem. Microsoft drags their feet to fix it. When they finally do, Tenable looks at it and it's not properly fixed. And now I guess Microsoft is going to fix it. So you'd think, okay, like it's all done. Here is the really interesting thing. The CEO of a really big company publicly lambasting Microsoft, who is a well-known, and I would argue, and I say it on the channel all the time, Microsoft has come leaps and bounds when it comes to security. They used to be a joke, and now they really aren't. They're like Defender, Sentinel, um, the security research coming out of Microsoft, the way they respond to certain issues. Like Microsoft's been really, really good lately, and for for them to kind of have this lackadaisical way is kind of weird and then for tenable to blow them up on social media is really really bad this guy i meant must have been pissed i i i can assure you tinfoil hat jerry where's my tinfoil hat jerry tinfoil hat jerry i assure you that tenable attempted to speak to microsoft through back channels to get this fixed and resolved and then this guy felt he had no other action but to come out and say this. I also don't think it's coincidental that this is right before Black Hat DEFCON. So, you know, it's a it's a big buzzworthy topic uh, when a lot of uh, the security practitioners in the world collapse on the same spot uh, for one for one week. So interesting, interesting. We'll see what happens. I hope this isn't a, um, you know, a piece of rust on the armor that is Microsoft and what they've been doing for security in a while. Um, 
It is interesting that this, because in final thing, I'm just seeing this right now, guys, because of like the level of players involved, we're talking like federal U.S. senators emailing CISA, Department of Justice, Federal Trade Commission, about Microsoft's behavior um, in this instance, right? You could you could almost argue, and it wouldn't be a very difficult argument, Microsoft is essentially critical infrastructure, right? Microsoft Azure is critical infrastructure. So Amit's argument here is that you can't be goofing off with critical infrastructure, okay? Like Microsoft, you wanted to put on the big boy pants. Well, you got them on and now you have to handle it uh, accordingly. So really interesting. We'll see if this turns into anything else, but hopefully this cross-tenant stuff is resolved. Just remember, cross-tenant is wicked bad. You do not want cross-tenant. It's like it's like talking about like a hypervisor VM breakout out breakout except like plus plus. FBI investigating ransomware attack crippling hospitals across four states. Oh, thanks security. A Steve. major hospital network with arms in multiple states is dealing with widespread network outages due to a cyber attack which the FBI confirms is ransomware. Prospect Medical Holdings operates 16 hospitals in California, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island, as well as a network of 166 outpatient clinics and centers. On Thursday, the network began facing issues at its hospitals nationwide, some of which had to divert patients to other facilities and cease operation. In a statement to Recorded Future News, the FBI said it is investigating the ransomware attacks but said they are unable to provide more information because it is an ongoing investigation. Yeah. No ransomware <laughs> gang has yet claimed the attack. Oh, man. Like, yeah, nice. I mean, it's probably true, but at the same time, what a get-out-of-jail-free card. We're, no, we're not allowed to co uh, comment at this time because it's under an active investigation. Um, so please leave us alone, okay? Um, oh, good. I'm seeing Toasty Pops SC Con shirt arrived. Yes, really quickly. Uh, I am repping Red Team Village, the DEF CON uh, village. I will be spending most of my time um, at DEF CON at Red Team Village. AI Village is there. Jason Haddix is running that. Uh, I do want to pop over to IoT Village because I think TCM is sponsoring uh, IoT Village, and I wanted to go give Zach and Heath a high five. But uh, anyways, so FBI investigating a crippling hospital attack. Okay, so guys, here is something that you may not know in the United States, right? It, it, you may not have noticed, but as soon as I point it out, you're going to be like, huh, yeah, that is true. That is true. So right now in the United States, there is this like slow moving, um, you know, like, uh, like slow zombies, like, like walking dead type zombies, right? Like, not that I'm a big zombie guy, but like, there's different types of zombies. There's like fast zombies, stupid zombies, slow zombies, right? Well, like the slowy, like, you know, like, uh, like those zombies, right? They just move slow, but effect eventually they kind of like get to where they're going and they start massing up and bulking up and stuff like that. In the United States, there is a slow-moving zombie horde of healthcare system, healthcare system consolidation, okay? So right now, the idea of like, um, you know, the, 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 the guy or the woman with like the little doctor bag and going to your uh, house and checking you out or having your primary care physician... Oh no, like that was my grandfather's doctor, my dad's doctor, my doctor, like oh they, like oh that's the the town doctor. That doesn't exist anymore, okay? It there now there's like small practices, right? Like three, four doctors, right? And there's specialties like dermatology or, you know, uh whatever, gynecology, whatever, right? Those are being bought up. When I talk when I'm saying bought up, I mean there is a massive acquisition movement in the United States, and it's basically a race to the top. Like I was joking with a nurse just yesterday. Thank you for the gifted sub, Michael. Awesome. Guys, There, I, I was talking to someone just yesterday that like at some point there's only going to be one system. It, it's like Highlander. That's exactly, that's better than a zombie horde thing. It's like Highlander. If you don't know what Highlander is, do yourself a favor, clear your weekend and get into that. But like, dude, it's like in the in in South Carolina, Medical University of South Carolina has started acquiring hospital systems from other hospital systems, and it's basically like there's hospital systems like this one right here, which is called uh, what was this one called? Community something. Where is it? Prospect Medical Holdings, right? 
And they just buy hospital systems that are failing and they're like, oh, we can fix them. We can put in new processes. We have economies of scale with our software. We will make them uh, wealthy, right? Common Spirit Health, one of the largest nonprofit healthcare systems got hit last week. So, okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal, all right? Because of this consolidation, because of this cash grab, because of all this, what ends up happening is my system gets merged with your system. And it's not like, dude, when you merge two computer networks and in two total systems, you know, the applications are different. The workflows are different. The backend infrastructure is different. The contracts with third parties providers are different, right? But you know who doesn't care about that? The business. The business just says, listen, on Friday, we're two hospital systems. And on Monday, we're one and just merge the networks over the weekend. Get out of my way, nerd. Well, what ends up happening is you have this ridiculous patchwork of entanglements and legacy tech and debt and people getting fired because they're redundant and they're taking with them knowledge and experience and understanding of where all the bodies are buried and where the shadow IT is and what systems are, okay? Okay, so what? What? why is this relevant, Jerry? I just I just explained to you the picture of all these mergers and acquisitions. Just one instance. That that hot mess dumpster fire, that's happening over and over and over and over again as these mergers and acquisitions are happening all through the United States, right? And what ends up happening is the messes don't get cleaned up because we're moving fast, baby. We're breaking things. We got to make that cash. We got to be profitable. And when a ransomware attack hits, Dude, if you are basically jumping in a boat made of screen doors, you're going to sink because it's a hot mess. It's going to move fast. You're going to carve it up. And there's not really going to be any way for you to properly respond to an incident in any timely manner. And it's just going to be a train wreck. As much as cyber criminals have said they don't want to hit... Exactly. Jesse Johnson saying MSP is not uh, outsourcing services and not keeping track. Exactly. It's not because, listen, here's the deal. It's not because anybody who works at the hospitals or works at the MSP are bad people. It's just the way that they're moving, the way the business is putting pressure down on IT, they can't, like, they're just trying to keep it up, right? They're just trying to keep it floated. And there's a ton of stuff that just gets not, dude, decommissioning systems is like, it's almost like a four-letter word. Like, people don't do it, okay? So there's all sorts of trash everywhere. And I'm just telling you, when when ransomware hits, it gets everywhere because there's really no consolidated, smart vision on what the IT stack looks like and making it secure. I feel, I feel, dude, I worked in this space for years. I feel for the healthcare infosec people. And just know, as much as threat actors say, we're not going to hit hospitals, bullshit, Right? It's going to happen and it's going to get worse. And as the consolidation continues, you're going to see they're going to get more and more hit. And patient safety is a real big thing, man. All right. I'm just looking. Oh, (laughs) thanks. Uh, Somebody, uh, Michael Carnell saying the boat screen doors is good. Uh, Just so everybody knows, I don't research these stories or prep in any way. You're getting me raw first takes. And also when I say stuff like boats of screen doors, um, I'm also hearing that for the first time, so I'm just as <laughs> I'm just as pleasantly surprised as you. New acoustic attack steals data from keystrokes with 95% accuracy. A team of researchers from British universities has trained a deep learning model that can steal data from keyboard keystrokes recorded using a microphone with an accuracy of 95%. When Zoom was used for training the sound classification algorithm, the prediction accuracy dropped to 93%, which is still considered dangerously high and a record for this medium. The first step of the attack is to record keystrokes on the target's keyboard as that data is required for training the prediction algorithm. This can be achieved via a nearby microphone or the target's phone that might have been infected by malware that has access to its microphone. Alternatively, keystrokes can be recorded through a Zoom call where a rogue meeting participant makes correlations between messages typed by the target and their sound recording. The researchers gathered training data by pressing 36 keys on a modern MacBook Pro 25 times each and recording the sound produced by each press. Okay, so interesting. Normally I would be like, nah, but okay, so check this out. First of all, uh, this doesn't come up very often on the stream, so I do want to point it out. 
Um, oh, by the way, um, for Eric Taylor's, I forgot, uh, for Eric Taylor's uh, squad memberships, I forgot to play this sounder. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you. And for Michael's squad membership. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so a couple of things. One, if you ever see a document written like this right here, this is exactly how academic research is written. Um, it's written in a very specific way and it's written so like when you learn research and learn how to do like how to like not just perform research but like when you're reading research and combing through it looking for um, material during a literature review this standard approach is very very practical because you start to learn how you can read these documents like very very quickly okay so first of all, I just want to say, if you ever see something like this, it means it's academic research. Second of all, normally these academic research articles are like kind of novel attacks that are great for, um, you know, uh, a sound bite, but they're not really practical. This one actually 95% accuracy of knowing keystrokes. That is impressive. Secondly, um, it's a side channel attack, which means you can't really patch it, right? If you're going to type on your keyboard, you have to type on your keyboard. Third, they do point out that if you had malware on your phone, it could activate your phone. That is a really, I mean, that's not outrageous, but that is kind of a, um, like, you know, academic research where you're like, okay, first we've got to get, you know, Pegasus software on your phone. Then we got to make sure your phone is by your keyboard. Then we got to make sure that what you're typing is something interesting. Then we own you. Acoustic side channel attack, Go! Right. I mean, that seems kind of like outrageous, but they did say that they could do it with like 93 percent accuracy over Zoom. So it's really not ridiculous to have a Zoom call. You know, we do those all the time and get that. Essentially, what I believe the nature of the um, ability to execute this attack, just so we are all in, in the same page, is that a keyboard is, you know, at least a U.S. based keyboard is laid out the same exact way. So when you hit a key. The set, you know, the time it takes for the sound to go from the key up to your mic would be lower than a key right next to it, right? Or shorter, right? Uh, yes. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's to us, it all just sounds like keystrokes, but with a sensitive mic and the ability to really, really dial into micro microseconds of time, you should be able to tell like that keystroke took a little bit longer than this keystroke. That's how I s assume it's being done. Again. I don't know, like it's not good, but this is kind of a fun novel attack. If they could do it, um, it would be a great parlor trick. Um, this is another reason why we don't have phones in skiffs or uh, secure classified environments, right? We don't we don't put those in skiffs. We typically don't take Zoom calls in skiffs. Um, although I will say that there are classified briefings that do have remote um, remote uh, participants, so. This, this could be done. Um, and then shout out to uh, the researchers. I would be such a mark uh, just because I use one of these keyboards. Right? One of these big mechanical clacky keyboards. So you don't even need deep, <laughs> you don't even need deep AI learning uh, to pick up my keystrokes. You're just like, bro, turn the mic down. You, you kill, you're straight killing me. Blue Charlie changes attack infrastructure in response to reports on its activity. APT Group, also known as Blue Callisto, TA-446, and a number of other names, primarily targets NATO countries and focuses operations on defense and intelligence consulting companies, non-governmental organizations, NGOs, think tanks, and higher education. The essence of the infrastructure change is the domains from which it operates, which now have more techno or crypto branding, such as cloudrootstorage.com, directexpressgateway.com, and storagecryptogate.com. All right, I won't spend a terrible amount of time on this one. All I want to say is we covered this story, Blue Charlie as a threat actor, last week or two weeks ago. And you can see that not because we, Simply Cyber, covered it, but because it was in the news, they have changed their infrastructure. Changed their infrastructure. Two things to point out here, okay? Two things. And Leonardo from the DR, if you're here, you know what, you know what I'm about to do. All right, this is a famous, famous graphic. If you don't know this one, add it to the list of things to know about. Bust it out in an interview, okay? This is David Bianco's Pyramid of Pain, okay? And it's a really famous construct in our industry, okay? Here is the deal. 
this is like if you're if you're trying to do threat intelligence threat hunting sock whatever um the lower on the pyramid the easier it is for a threat actor to change it right so a hash value on the very bottom a hash value is a unique identifier fingerprint for a file like a piece of malware it's very, very easy for a threat actor to recompile it, get a different hash, or add a space into the source code, get a different hash, right? Hash values, to say it's trivial, it's silly trivial, right? Like you could, I've seen actual malicious programs that just crank out new versions of the same malware every 60 seconds and upload it. So, you know, like hash value is not a big deal. At the very top, TTPs, how they approach their actions, how they get initial creds, how they move laterally, what their C2 post-exploitation framework looks like and how they use it. That's like a combination of TTPs and tools. Very difficult to change that. Like basically you're changing your philosophy, right? So just so we all know this. Now, going back to the story, Blue Charlie changes out their infrastructure in response to reports, okay? We are talking near the top of the pyramid, tools, and network host artifacts, right? Like they're, we've, not we, but like defenders have forced them to change these type of things, which is incredibly painful, incredibly disruptive. The second thing, so good job uh, defenders, right? Good job, good guys, we win. The second thing I wanna point out is that threat actors have same access to the same information that uh, good people have, right? So maybe there's threat actors in chat right now. My point is they're not operating in this like shadowy, you know, sub world that is, you know, a, a different version of the metaverse, right? They are amongst us. There's probably, there's not, it's not, it's realistic that there's real criminals, real threat actors who really go to Black Hat and DEF CON because they want to get current research, get new ideas, concepts. They are in the business of making money and not getting caught by law enforcement. And in order to do that, they need to adapt and overcome, right? If you just keep rolling out the same crap every day, it's going to get busted and you're probably going to get busted. And that doesn't make you that cashish, right? So heads up, APTs, it's a game. Dude, our world, our industry, the reason that we have to stay current, the reason you get asked in a job interview, why do you? what do you do to stay current? It's because threat actors change too. It's a game of cat and mouse and we got to stay on our toes, man. Vigilance. And now, a word from our sponsor, Conveyor. Did you catch the biggest release of the year? No, not Barbenheimer. It's Conveyor's GPT-powered security questionnaire response tool, the most accurate questionnaire automation tool on the market. It's so good, you can let your customers upload their own questions in your trust portal to get instant answers based on your content. And of course, it's not just for your customers. You can use the GPT questionnaire response tool internally as well to get auto-generated precise answers to entire questionnaires in minutes. So all you have to do is review. Maybe it's time to replace your outdated RFP software. Try a free proof of concept with your own data. Learn more at www.conveyor.com. That's C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-R.com. All right, so... It's the mid-roll. We do the same thing every day. Uh, if you're a long-timer, you know exactly what's up. And if you're a first-timer, holla, holla, holla. I hope you enjoy because we do this every single day. All right, guys. Shout out and thanks to all of you. 337. Holy crap. That is a new record. Congratulations. If you were here today on August 7, 2023, episode 424, you were part of the new current record of most attendees live on Team Live. Guys, do me a solid favor. Uh, thank you for being here. If you can, take a hot second. Hit the like button. I don't do it for the clicks. I do it because if enough people who look at cybersecurity content on YouTube like this stream live, YouTube's going to be like, hey, let me trigger an algorithm and go tell other cybersecurity people that this is happening over here. There seems to be a like for cyber people. And maybe that's how you found it, you first timers, right? So pay it forward. Hit the like button. Do do a solid for the community and let us all know. Um you know, A, that you like it. Educational value, entertainment value, let's go. Guys, I want to thank the stream sponsors again, Holler, Barricade, Cyber, and Panopsi, but also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training, right? Anti-Siphon Training is the training arm of Black Hills Information Security under the leadership of John Strand. Love that guy. Also keynote speaker for Simply CyberCon this year. Want to say, guys, 
go to the link in the description below. If you want access to really, really good instructor-led training, I would argue, no one has told me this, but I would argue it's like SANS training, except the price tag is different. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, their training is phenomenal. And one thing that you have to dig a little bit for, but if you go to training, live training, pay what you can training. Thanks, Randock Gaiman. Guys, you can get live virtual training. So remote access, live training from some of the industry's leaders and smartest folks, including John Strand, who teaches three of these eight classes. Anti-Siphon Training has tons of classes on the platform, but eight of them are pay what you can. Definitely get into that. As soon as I get, um, as soon as I get into uh, my own situation and have more time, I will be taking some of these courses live with you if you're interested and making content around the courses. I can't wait. Check out the description in the below. All right, guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing initiative that we absolutely love here on the channel. It's an opportunity for you to build your network. Every single day, we tag one new person with the baton. That person goes on LinkedIn, shares their cyber story, and uses the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Now, you, as an individual, go on LinkedIn, search for this hashtag, post a comment on the people's posts. Second of all, connect with the people who are the original poster and in the comments. By commenting on those posts, you will start getting connection requests from people who are doing the same thing. What does this do for you? Spoiler alert, within about two weeks time, your LinkedIn connection list is gonna grow exponentially, but it's going to be a meaningful, valuable network that you're building, and your LinkedIn feed is gonna be full of supportive, useful, valuable, interesting cybersecurity-related content. If this is what you want for your LinkedIn, if you wanna build your network, if you wanna break in or continue leveling up or give back to the cybersecurity community, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is how to do it. Uh, C3 Cloud currently has the baton, so if C3 Cloud is in chat and can tag someone, I would appreciate it. I want to let everyone know. Oh boy, we're at 350. All right, so guys, my son Callan, every single Monday, every single Monday, my son Callan makes a piece of art for us to share on the channel at Callan's Art of the Week. Now, if you're a Minecraft person, I want you to know Callan likes Minecraft, and he actually drew a Minecraft treasure chest right no big deal right but ah, it's a it's a creeper it's a zombie guy just a chest ah, he wanted me to make sure i did the sound effects and scared all of you so thank you very much callan genuinely appreciate the art of the week you do great work i love you very good all right i'll check back on who is doing the uh, uh simply cyber community challenge thanks guys let's get back into the news and we'll do a little bit of jaw jacking at the end Burger King in France leaves credentials exposed, again. Recently, the Cyber News research team uncovered that Burger King operations in France exposed sensitive credentials to the public due to a misconfiguration on their website. Since the affected website processed job applications, the leaked credentials could have served as a tool to craft a cyber attack against the chain's systems or against people who sought employment at Burger King restaurants in France. The company has since fixed the issue. In 2019, due to a similar misconfiguration, the France branch of Burger King reportedly leaked the PII of children who had bought Burger King menus. Hawaii. <clears throat> All right, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to dunk on on Burger King here. But guys, <laughs> two, two things. One, this is like why OSINT research is so valuable, guys. It, with, I mean, there's even tools right now that can allow you to go look for. Um, AWS S3 bucket creds for WordPress creds. Basically, some this says WordPress configuration. Basically, Burger King France had a WordPress site <clears throat> and their credentials, their configuration file was publicly accessible. You can use Google to find this. If you know what Google dorking is, like if you've ever heard of the term Google dork uh, or if you haven't Google it. <laughs> Google, Google dork. I'm sure you can look, use Bard or ChatGPT to help you out with that, but you can find these things relatively easily. Um, not a good look. Again, I've said it on the channel a million times. I'm sure Burger King as a corporation doesn't use WordPress for like main things, 
But the bigger the company, guys, the larger the attack surface. This is why bug bounty programs are so practical and why you can find public creds even if a, it's a company like Burger King where you're like, well, why would I do the bug bounty for Burger King? They're obviously well-funded. They're obviously all the easy stuff has been discovered by all the really great hackers. No, it's very temporal. And you have Carl who stands up a WordPress site unbeknownst to anybody. And there you go. Bob's your uncle. So just be on the lookout for these things. Also totally worth mentioning you, if you are in charge of your organization's information security, you absolutely should be looking at your external network surface, look, you know, scanning it with Shodan Monitor, scanning it with a vulnerability scanner, scanning it with any tools that you have at your disposal to identify gaps in your industry. I mean, in your industry, gaps in your attack uh, surface. And the final thing I'll say about this, guys, is remember, you can't do this once a year. Compliance does not equal security. I'm a GRC guy, and I'm telling you, compliance does not equal security, okay? If you do it once a year, yes, you're compliant. Check. We did it once a year, or we do quarterly pen testing. Check, right? Dude, you do it on Monday, and then on Tuesday, Carl stands this thing up, and you're exposed for 88 more days, or 363 more days. You're picking up what I'm putting down? So you, you need to be more on top of it. Continuous monitoring is the way, right? Like get your Mandalorian out. We might need a Mandalorian helmet uh, emote. Continuous monitoring. This is the way. Is Gemini North Observatory suspended after cyber attack? Let me know if you guys want a Mandalorian helmet emote. I think we have, I think we've unlocked one. Research Lab, which is the U.S. Center for Ground-Based Optical Infrared Astronomy, detected an attempted cyber attack on its computer systems. The incident required the lab to suspend its observations at Gemini North, which is located in Hawaii. Gemini North is one of only two telescopes at the Gemini Observatory and is part of an international science partnership between various countries, including the U.S., Canada, and Chile, which is where the other telescope, Gemini South, is located. Both telescopes have been shut down to allow the IT team to be able to investigate what occurred in the incident, which is still unclear at this time. All right. All right, tinfoil hat, tinfoil hat. <laughs> this story, there's not a lot of detail to this story, so it's just ripe for tinfoil hat, Jerry. Okay, so check it out. Here's what I think happened, okay? This is a, you know, major observatory. Like, you see the, what is it, Arecibo in Mexico or Belize? Like, we have these, like, super observatories that look deep into space looking for radio signals, advanced intelligence, whatever. I mean, if you if you listen to recent congressional hearings, UFOs and you know non-Earth-based organic materials already been here on the Earth. So I don't know why we're looking, you know, <laughs> I don't know why we're looking all the way into the back row of the auditorium when there's things in the front row that might be worth taking a sniff at. Okay, so that aside, that wasn't even my tinfoil hat take. That's just like a hot take on the side. Listen, if I had to guess. It's one of two things, okay? And again, this is complete speculation. You got the news story. Here's the thing. And, and from a practitioner perspective, all industries, all systems are susceptible. Now, what I think likely happened is that this observatory had some internet-facing resources, which makes sense, right? Um, and it may be misconfigured, maybe vulnerable, maybe move it, maybe... You know, I actually heard over the weekend, and this is this is for everybody. I don't have a uh, news on it yet, but if you're running Cisco VPN without multi-factor authentication, the Akira ransomware uh, could be a big problem for you. Again, I'll say this: I don't have a story or IOCs or follow-up, but if you're running Cisco VPN without multi-factor authentication, the Akira ransomware may be an issue for you. Uh, just FYI. Okay, I think that. Threat actors were randomly scanning, discovered some type of vulnerability, and popped in. I think it is a completely spurious hit that this National Science Foundation interesting super observatory got popped. I do not think it was an intentional targeted attack. Again, this is speculation. I'm not basing this on anything. I believe... You know, just because if it's internet facing, it's eventually going to get touched. If you put a new computer on the internet and leave it open like a honeypot... Within 15, 20 minutes, somebody's trying to knock on the front door of it, right? And try to jiggle the handle. So it's not unrealistic. Now, 
to go uh, a little bit down the rabbit hole and get a little uh, extra tinfoil hattie, this could be, to, to me, it's like, okay, so only a nation state threat actor is going to do this, right? Because a normal, you know, you know, Belarusian criminal or, you know, New York cyber criminal, right? Let's not make it always international. Uh, South Carolina-based cyber criminal is going to attack. If they attack the observatory, right? We always got to think about the money. What is the incentive? There really isn't one, okay? This is like grant-funded research. So it's not a real like money sink. So it probably isn't a targeted threat actor. It isn't uh, an individual cyber criminal unit, okay? So then it ne needs to become, okay, so what's the, what's the reality? Nation state threat actor. Okay, what nation is looking to expand their international, like, or their space program or their UFO type uh, program, intelligent life program. And who could do it, right? China? Uh, China's got other problems. They're big on espionage. This would fall under China's scope of typical behavior, but China's working on like water, expansion, healthcare, engineering. Like they're, China's kind of full up on things. I don't see this as something that chi is like in the China's 25 year plan. Russia? Uh, they stole the, the, the U.S. space shuttle program a while ago and decommissioned that program. Russia's fighting a war right now on their Western front. Like, I don't, I don't see Russia kind of focusing on international, I mean, inter, inter, interstellar space communications, right? So may, maybe for satellites, they wanted to do something with satellites, but these observatories are looking way past, um, you know, the upper stratosphere and, and, or whatever that sphere is where the satellites fly around. So, in conclusion, this is why I suspect it was a spurious hit of just a um, opportunistic threat actor that stumbled in here, and it just happened to be something of interest. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And now, last week in Ransomware. Ransomware gangs continue to prioritize targeting VMware ESXi servers, with almost every active ransomware gang creating custom Linux encryptors for this purpose. This week, Bleeping Computer analyzed the Linux encryptor for Abyss Locker and illustrated how it was specifically designed to encrypt ESXi virtual machines. Other ransomware operations with ESXi encryptors include Akira, Royal, Black Basta, Lockbit, Black Matter, Avos Locker, Reville, Hello Kitty, Ransom EXX, and Hive. In addition to the U.S. hospital attacks just mentioned, Argentina's comprehensive medical care program suffered a ransomware attack last week that impacted its operations. Ransomware-related research released last week included a report from Dragos on ransomware's impact on industrial organizations and infrastructure, a study from the U.K.'s Royal United Services Institute on the role of cyber insurance in addressing the threats posed by ransomware, three reports from intelligence firm Kila on Quailin, the new Knight 2.0 ransomware as a service and Akira, and a report on GitHub describing a tool to exploit DLL hijacking flaws in ransomware to prevent encryption. Links to these reports are available in the show notes to this episode. Jesus, that was quite a quite a, a lengthy roundup. Okay, so guys, as always on Mondays, there's a ransomware roundup. This is a total yard sale. So just here, I'll drop a link in chat. This yard sale right here, no matter what your level of interest, no matter what industry you serve, no matter the size of your company, there's something in here for everybody to pick at. Grab grab a piece that fits for you, whether it's to educate your end users, whether it's to get budget from your executives, or whether it's to, you know, have a leverage for, you know, your IT team to take some action. Just get in here, go through the kitchen junk drawer. You know, it's right behind the candles uh, <laughs> that we save for some reason. It's right behind the candles next to the paper clips. Grab your ransomware story. Do what you can. They did mention the Akira ones. They didn't say, um, they didn't say um, anything about the multi-factor stuff, but um, I'm trying to see here if the story, I don't really see it. There's a bleeping computer one, but no. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, guys. Um, maybe it hasn't really made major news yet. Um, it hasn't made major news yet. So hopefully it's not an issue. So go ahead, dig through. I'm not going to get into ransomware really quickly. I mean, it's, it's the same. 
put all the protection mechanisms in, put all the recovery mechanisms in, then do tabletop exercising. It's the same, it's the same. Rinse and repeat, right? And if you do catch a threat actor. Catch me outside, how about that? Yeah, you catch him outside, how about that? All right. So guys, I want to thank you all for being here. Thanks for setting a new record. I do see the question from Gary Sergiatis. I will answer that in just a hot minute, guys. I want to remind you that um, I will be at Black Hat and DEF CON starting tomorrow. My flight's at like three in the morning or something stupid. Um, if you'd like to come hang out on Friday, August 11th at Abel Baker Brewing in Las Vegas, it's down one end of the strip. There will be a Simply Cyber DEF CON meetup, okay? Um, it's, you know, it's just, it's just a brewery. Like basically I'll be there. If people want to hang out, high five, meet other members of the community, uh, come on down hang out. Uh, it'll be fun. I'll be there from like 3.30 to 5. Uh, me personally, but guys, if you want, do your own, like, do your own thing, sure, too. Like, it doesn't have to, like, revolve around me. So, um, I just want you to know that I'll be there. I want it as an opportunity to sync up. We had a great time last year. Base Case has made a huge flag um, that says Simply Cyber on it. I'm going to bring that. Maybe we can do a team photo and share that on uh, the channel with everybody. Uh, it's going to be good. Eric Taylor in the guest spot, uh, sitting in the A-hole chair uh, tomorrow, and then I'll be taking back over Wednesday through Friday. Thank you all for being here. Guys, congratulations on a new record. Freaking unbelievable. Uh, Lazaro Rivera picking up the Squad Community Challenge. Let's go, Lazaro. Bring the heat, Lazaro. I can't wait to see your LinkedIn post, guys. If you were here just for the news, peace out. Have a great week. Thanks so much. 350 is really impressive. I, I feel uh, awesome. Like, thank you for, for making the Simply Cyber community as special as it is. Uh, it, it, in a, just as a quick aside, like, when I tell people about Simply Cyber, it started as me doing a YouTube channel, but because of you, it has grown way beyond me, and it is its own living, breathing system. And uh, people like Jesse Johnson, people like Eric Taylor, um, Kimberly McKnight, Jenny Housley, like all the mods and stuff, but just there's people doing their own things. Um, Pete McKinnon, he stood up uh, that Python coding. Like, guys, Black Hills is involved. James McQuiggan getting involved doing all these things. I see James McQuiggan with a super chat. Let me know if you need a place to relax when you get here. Looking forward to the Simply Cybercom. Chessboard is set up. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thanks. Can we just become best friends. Yep. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll explain the chairs in a second. Really quickly, before you go, I do want to share one more thing. Our friend Eric Taylor is actually going to be a guest speaker on Cyber Crime Junkies later today. So if you're looking for something to do at 4.30 p.m. today, um, Eric Taylor is going to be here. I actually just remembered. Thank you for reminding me. I will be streaming Haiku at 4 p.m. today doing a cyber range. I actually have to schedule that, so note to self. Um, guys, I'm I'm like right on the edge of uh, being in control. I am really on the edge. There's a lot going on between Black Hat, DEF CON, travel, um, ch major changes in uh, September 1st for the channel and for me. Um, so uh, really quickly, uh, Jack Scott asked about the A-hole chair. So in like we will eventually get to um, a two-person podcast, but the first person who kind of facilitates, leads production, leads the stream, that's the A-hole. And then the, the second person who provides color commentary and input, that's the B-hole. So A-chair, B-chair. I like to think of Eric Taylor sitting in the B-chair, the B-hole. And when I'm out, and Jax, you, you have guest host as well many times, you slide over to the A-chair in the the a-hole <laughs> and it's just a funny little uh play on words uh gary sturgiatis asked a question earlier about um gary asked a question oh hold on one second if you were here just for that uh much love much appreciated we're gonna switch over to jaw jacking for six minutes here we go All right, guys, welcome to Jaw Jacking. Jaw Jacking, if you're new here, hashtag first timer. What we do is we have some fun. We do a little AMA, high five and grab butts. Um, well, not we don't grab butts. I was going to say grab. Actually, you know, using the, the non-swear word 
for butt actually has a different connotation. It, do, it doesn't sound the same. So what we do is we goof off here for a couple minutes before we have to go to work, right? That's what that's what's up. Crush your week. Oh, by the way, I'm in Eastern time zone. Take notes. I'll be in wet, uh, Pacific pretty soon. Um, I want to remind everybody, too, that the newsletter, Crush It Cyber Pro newsletter, came out today. I don't talk about it all that often, but if you want a newsletter every single Monday that delivers actionable intel to you, um, sign up. Go to uh, hit exclamation point newsletter in chat. Now, Gary Sturgiatis did ask a question. I want to answer it. Where is it, Gary? Uh, did you ever retry your honeypot? Okay, so Gary, for those who don't know, I stood up a honeypot. It's called Teapot. Uh, I set it up in AWS. I went to bed. I came up. It was like fully compromised. So like somebody busted through it. I messaged the group behind Teapot. They wanted to understand more. That shouldn't have happened. I had to bring it down. I haven't had time to restand it up, but I do want to tell you that Eric Capuano from Recon Infosec actually happens to be like he did an A load of research on honeypots. He was like a honeypot um, aficionado before he got into Recon Infosec. And he actually agreed to do a stream with me about honeypots because the deal with honeypots is when you stick them on the internet, they're fun, but they're not useful. If you have a honeypot inside your network, that is an incredibly high fidelity um, detection. Right, so I, I'm planning, so Gary, I haven't done it yet because I'm actually planning a very deliberate, very insightful stream on how to stand up a honeypot and then the values of using a honeypot. You'll be able to take what we do on the stream and do it yourself and it'll be an amazing resume bullet uh, for sure and at minimum a killer talking point at an interview. Uh, thank you for asking, thank you for reminding me. Um, I know, BSEC, that's the point. If I called it first and second chair, it wouldn't be nearly as hilarious as a-hole. <laughs> all right, so Jenny Housley's dropping notes here. Is there a way to have noise cancellation software installed on all audio input devices to avoid keyboard sound capture? Um, possibly you could do it in um, software, Nature's Advocate. I Honestly, I think that this attack, uh, you know, it, it'd be curious to see, like, you got to get the the code running and then the AI model trained to, to detect it. So I'm not sure how practical it is. You could do noise canceling. Wonder what the best French press is. What brand or style is the best? I've tried multiple. Um, Brian W. For me, the best French press is the largest French press. Okay. This one is the size of my head and uh, that's a pretty good size. Um, I like the steel one, frankly. I feel like the glass ones are good, but they, they like this one's double walled. So like the outside gets warm, but not wicked hot. The glass ones, like you can't touch them. Plus the handle on this one is like, like it's, it's um whatever it's called when people with, who do metal, like fuse metal to metal, there, there's a word for it. And I don't know what it is, uh, but like, this is really solid. The glass one has more of an assembled handle. And I've actually had that pop off, which is no good. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't look pretty and it doesn't travel well, but all right. Um, uh, Tim McDonald saying for blue team exercises is try hack me or let's defend. For me, blue team, let's defend all day. Um, actually, if you want, I have a, a, a affiliate code for let's defend. I'm doing that more stuff with them in October, but I think it's simply, if you just use simply cyber on let's defend, you get 10% off. Uh, I haven't told anyone that. That's the first time I've said that publicly, but they set it up like a month ago and I just haven't had time. Um, they can do it in OBS for free if they used it. Um, I, I don't know what BSEC's talking about. Uh, all right, so Jenny's saying, I got a call from the college I'm attending. They offered me a paid position as a tutor for the A-plus course. Is that something I can put on my work experience? Hell yeah, Justin. Justin, absolutely. J Justin, Absolutely. Uh, definitely put it on there. You might shape it a little different. Like think about like what you're teaching, right? So A plus may not resonate with uh, a hiring manager or resonate with an HR person. So break down what the actual training is that you're doing. Cause that's what you're doing. You're tutoring, but you're also like training, instructional, etc. So maybe you develop some instructional design around how you're going to mentor. Um, and th those key concepts, right, around computer architecture or around whatever processes. So definitely do it. Definitely do it. Uh, it's called welding. Thank you, Eric Taylor. I knew that there was a, <laughs> I knew there was an adult word for it. Um, oh, 
hold on. So what is? Let me ask uh, Chat. Is the a hole b hole thing bother people? I I I can't. Hold on. Would everybody prefer? Uh, would you prefer first first chair, second chair over a b hole position? All right. Just asking the community. I'm flexible, guys. I'm, I'm into uh, making everything happy for everybody. Uh, Groovesec, Groovesec over on Discord saying, are you familiar with the company Fing in the Fing box? Is it Fing or Effing? <laughs> Is it Effing? Oh my gosh. No, I'm not familiar with that. Fing. Uh, fake network scanning the device blocking for internet security. Is this, is this what you're talking about, Groovesec? Oh, all right. So, um, okay. So Gary, thank you for asking. I'll give you an update in just one second. I haven't heard of this yet. Um, this is the second like network scanning vulnerability thing that I've seen, uh, in a week. I don't have time to do this right now, but guys, I will begin adding a list of things. All right. Um, let's see. What do you get? Unlimited devices. I don't know, dude. Free for life? Zero dollars? Um, I'm all about it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this. I've never heard of this, but I'd be worth checking out, right? I mean, here's effing box or fing box. Oh, it looks like it's a hundred dollar device. Okay, so we're talking hardware. Works with Zapier, which is cool. I use Zaps. Um, watch your family digitally. Okay. Oh, I don't know. This is cool. I'll have to check this out. Uh, I might even, um, I might even contact this organization and ask them to send me one, and I could do a review. Let me know. All right. So I'm ending the poll. 84 people voted. It looks like people, 85 people, people prefer a hole, b hole. So we'll keep doing that. Um, I'm gonna add this. Hold on. I'm gonna add this. I have like a little running list um, on. Um, where is it? Uh, oh crap. I have like a little list of, of, um, I have a list of things that I'm trying to like capture so I can, when I, when I, after September 1st, I'll be able to do more stuff with. Okay. So, um, so, uh, Gary asked about the buffer Osher flow shed. If you don't know what that is, I've built a studio in my backyard. Um, and let me show you. I posted this on the main SC channel um, yesterday. So Gary, Gary and squad, this is the Buffer Osher Flow Shed, okay? It is really close. When I go to Black Hat Defcon, Mrs. Osher is actually putting in um, built-ins. She's gonna build built-ins into it. Um, and then I'll be able to move in. So. Uh, as I've been horribly, um, I, I've been dropping so many hints, but after September 1st, um, you'll like, it'll be much more of simply cyber, uh, in, in me. Um, and it should coincide with me moving into the buffer Osier flow, uh, studio presented by my Red Bull. Um, I'll do a full tour and everything you guys, it, it's going to be cool. It's, it's really big. It's got two different shots, right? Two different studio angles in there. I'm going to have a, a big TV. Um, I, I'll have a spot for a B-hole chair, right? A guest. So uh, stay tuned for that. Thanks for asking, Gary. I know, it, guys, we started this project in March. Um, so. All right. Let me go back to mod chat really quickly. And uh, I'm going to have to drop in just a minute here to get prepped for my 930. Can you do a tutorial of Shodan? Oh. Uh, so really quickly, a tutorial on Shodan. Um, I, I'm i not like, actually, you know what? Um, I would like to do a tutorial on Shodan. Yes. I don't know if I'm the right person to do a tutorial on Shodan, but um, I'll add it to the list. Here. Uh, tutorial on Shodan. Um... It's added to the list. Uh, someone asked, "What are built-ins?" Uh, built-ins are like you'll see. Like as soon as you see it, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. 
This is what built-ins are. Can you see these on stream? Uh, this is what built-ins are. So it's like the the wall, the side of the wall. So like basically this side of the wall right here, The like if you walk in the door, the entire right side of the wall is going to be shelving and cabinets and a TV mounted on the wall. So this is what built-ins built are. And uh, it's going to be awesome. I, you guys don't understand, like, the amount of, um, the amount of, like, storage that I need is ridiculous. So, um, all right, let's keep going. All right. Is that midnight playing in the background? You better believe it, doghouse. Oh, yeah. I love the midnight. I love the Midnight. The Midnight is absolutely my first, second, third, fourth, fifth favorite group. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse will uh, guest host in the B-hole chair. Uh, do you have a double grounded wrong with RF blocking base layer of paint? That's really funny. <laughs> I do have internet and, uh, and it, I put it on its own power um, panel. So it is, it is built for speed. All right, guys. Oh. Yeah, I have a Bianco's Pyramid of Pain. All right, guys, let me let me boogie out of here. I do have to uh, prep. Just so you guys know, Market Your Cyber Self, the ongoing eight-episode limited-run series with Virginia Case, is this Wednesday. Virginia and I are going to fi uh, film the video today at 9.30 a.m., so in 24 minutes. And then I'll schedule it as a premiere on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Virginia and I will be live in chat answering your questions uh, but just because the logistics with Black Hat and the unpredictability of internet and noise and everything, uh, I've done this as a risk mitigation method. Because, guys, uh, if there's one thing I am, it's all about risk aversion. Uh, so we're going to be filming that. And I have to go schedule the Haiku Let's Play uh, for later today at 4. All right, guys, I got to get out of here. Again, solid, solid uh, episode 424. We set a new record. Mark tape, 350 people live in chat. If you got value, thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad you did. Um, tell a friend, hashtag first timer. I hope to see you guys um, at the Simply Cyber DEF CON meetup. James, I'll be there. Uh, my plan, really quickly, this is for James McQuiggan directly. James, uh, my plans to fly in, go directly to the Luxor, check my luggage. Uh, go to Black Hat, get my badge and stuff, then go to a lunch I have scheduled, then go move my crap into my hotel room, then meet with Daedri Diamond, who's amazing, who I need to catch up with, and then I have an event to go to, which you're going to be at, James. So holler, holler, holler. Guys, be good. I'm Jerry. This is Simply Cyber, episode 424 on August 7th. Be good to each other, and until next time, stay secure. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you.